What's going on, listeners? Welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies, and we are starting to roll in November here with Hellboy, a movie that I really was surprised on um, on my rewatch. I did not remember this movie as well as I thought I did. Um, whether that's good or bad, we will get into here, but before we do... Uh, Rob, welcome back. Um, a movie that is, for better or worse, a, a real reminder of the year 2000 with movies, I think. Um, I, I definitely did not remember this movie. You know, I know I've seen this before, but it was almost like watching it for the first time because I could not remember yes. anything. It's been so long. Um, and I think probably the last time I watched it, I probably wasn't like really paying attention to it. So, uh, I remembered functionally nothing of this. Uh, so it was, it was fun to check it back out again. Yeah. It, it really felt like it was a first time watch for me for sure. Um, but before we dive into this entire movie, I do want to take a minute here and I want to let listeners know that we have a couple of giveaways but one that we're going to focus on is based around top gun maverick and a movie that i have seen rob have you been able to see this movie yet i've been so busy since this came out i i'm dying to see it because i've heard how great it is from everybody including you and harrison over at the basement binge so it's um it's at a very high like part of my list of stuff to watch yeah it is it is truly a fantastic movie uh one of the best movies i've seen all year but for listeners of this show right now you can bring top gun maverick home on 4k um it stars tom cruise in a spectacular action-packed epic which critics are calling one of the greatest movies ever made buy top gun maverick on 4k uhd disc and dive into over 80 minutes of incredible behind the scenes bonus content available at participating retails retailers and also available on di digital it is rated pg-13 from paramount pictures and although you can bring the movie home yourself listeners of this show stay tuned in the show notes for how you can win a blu-ray copy of this movie from matt goes to the movies and i want to thank matt 360 for sponsoring this portion of the show and giving uh, us a chance to give back to the listeners of this show. So listeners check out the show notes on how you can win your free copy. So Rob Hellboy, um, an extremely, you know, we're going to get through Hellboy. We're doing Hellboy two in the, uh, the golden army and then the rebooted version of Hellboy. But as we're talking about this one, you know, again, really, it, it, this is a snapshot of the year 2000 and, and how movies were made back then. And I'm curious to get your initial thoughts on this movie and we can get into, you know, actual details. But what, what were your initial thoughts when this movie was over? You know, when it finished up, um, like most things, you know, if I... I'll have a generally positive feeling about the movie if I was entertained by it. I, mm -hmm. I can acknowledge when a movie 
is good or bad. Um, but at the end of the day, as long as I'm entertained by it and had a good time, and sometimes there's other things that can influence that. So uh, I started watching this uh, earlier this weekend with my kids and then had to finish it up earlier today with them. Um, they were laughing and having a good time and and really enjoying it. So, you know, that that definitely has an influence on me. There's, You're right. There's, like other things that we occasionally dig into the archives to review, this does have some some time capsule of the early to <laughs> mid-2000s elements to it, as, as we'll get into. Um but it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. I was glad we, we had an excuse to go check it back out. Um, uh, there's, there's some things that do really work about this um, and things that don't. I, I think when, when this movie leans into the alternate history, which I love, I love alternate mm-hmm. history. I think it's so much fun. Uh, I think the what ifs are really like, I, I love history is one of my favorite uh, courses in, in high school and college. I still like to read about it and watch, you know, things around it. So when you when you lean into alternate history and the general weirdness of this universe, that's where this movie shines. When it goes conventional Hollywood, it's significantly less effective. And I kind of wish they would have leaned more into the weirdness of it because it works. It's good. You know, we really only get a couple of kind of the comic booky style characters. They could have given us more of them and a far less, you know, a smaller number of human characters. And I would have been very, very happy with it. Um, in general, the the makeup effects are awesome. The visual effects mm-hmm. are like, really well done. It, it just keeps reminding me over and over again that this movie came out in 2004 and the CG still looks better than She-Hulk that we just got done reviewing. And, mm-hmm. and it's if you know a little bit about visual effects, you can kind of see how they hide certain things. So a lot of the, the computer generated effects, they're done in low light conditions. So you don't necessarily notice when things are off, you know, there, a lot of it is done at night in dark tunnels and things like that. You know, it covers a lot of that, that stuff when, when they do it that way. And, and to be fair to She-Hulk, she was pretty much in broad daylight most of the time. And it, it shows all the flaws in the CG uh, nonstop, but um, there's, there's really a lot of fun here. Um, some things that work really well, like I said, and, and other times I just went, okay, yep. That was 2004 for you. Yeah, no, I boy, that is a uh, that is a, almost a perfect explanation of what this movie is. Um, but it, you know, it does. It's smart in the sense that it does do a lot of things. You know, it, in the dark at night uh, to you know hide some of uh, the things that might be flawed in this but it never you know it's not when I say in the dark it's not a dark movie per se like where you can't see things it just uses that lighting you know to uh, effectively bring the viewer in um, but you know like you said alternate history man these these movies back then and even some today I tell you man the it, it wasn't enough just for Hitler to be doing the right boy, these, these Nazis, man, they were, they were, whether it be zombies, monsters, portals to another dimension, who knew they were into so much. And I, I, I get it. If, if anybody's listening right now, I, I mean, absolutely no offense to the real history of, of what Hitler stood for. But there's in these movies, man, there's, there's always, 
some, like it, that was the go-to in the year 2000s. Yeah, I mean, we that's why we got so many World War II themed video game shooters for a while. Um, you know, I, I think I've said this before, but Nazis and uh, and and zombies they're kind of like your, your easiest go-to villains. Cause there's nothing redeeming about it. Like you can just lay waste to as many Nazis and as many zombies as you want. You can show them being killed in horrible ways and not have to justify it in any way because everybody just goes, Oh, well that that's a Nazi. It's okay to blow him up. Or that's a zombie. Like there's, there's no soul there anymore. You can just, you know, you, you can just explode their heads like grapes and it's no problem. Nobody cares. They're, they're a zombie. And, and Nazis tend to be like, they're, they're kind of almost too perfect of a villain to use in video games and movies because there's so many, I mean, obviously the, the most horrible group of people that we have in recorded history, the most despicable, unredeemable Mm -hmm. in any way group. And, and yet they were highly scientific. You know, they had incredible advances that, that the United States ended up benefiting from, from Operation Paperclip that got us on the moon. They yep. had all of these things that they did, and they they had this crazy obsession with supernatural and occult and religious artifacts that allows you the opportunity to tell some pretty cool stories. Um, I think I've mentioned before, there's this really sweet movie called Overlord, I think it is. That yeah. World War II horror th- movie that's along these same lines, you know, playing with some of these same themes. It's a lot of fun. You should go watch that movie, too. Um, if you're listening to this right now, I recommend it. It's, it's a good time. Um, but there's, there's so many things that Nazis allow filmmakers to do because they're just irredeemable. They're just a villain. You don't have to worry about like making them understood. There's not a lot of other villains you can go to. Even the more modern wars that you think about, there's, there's a lot of people that will make the case. I'm not necessarily going to say one way or another. It's not my place. Um, you know, certain villains have, well, if we wouldn't have done this, then they wouldn't have done that. There's nothing about Nazis that you can redeem. Yeah, no, it's, I, it's a really good point as to why they're used so much, but you know, one of the things that I noticed right off of the, you know, the bat, when you watch this movie is it, boy, the opening scene for me, it can almost, in a way, make you go, all right, this is going to be really goofy and almost so bad it's good. And w- what I mean by that <laughs> is, is for me, number one, you know, everybody's super casual when this portal opens, when they're going to summon a demon. Like, everybody's just like, Oh yeah, this actually worked. Like you have the guy that, you know, for the audience's sake, you know, says five years, we don't accept failure. And it's like, who are you saying that to? Like you're, you're here. Like, do you think this guy's going to like, it's, you know, exposition for the sake of exposition in the beginning. And in my view, and then this portal opens and the Nazis, the Americans, like everybody is just like, all right. Yeah. There's, there's the portal like but five seconds ago they were like this better work so it's kind of odd how there's no reaction to anybody like oh my god this is a portal to another dimension um but one thing i laughed about too is um (laughs) they in the beginning and some of these names i have a really hard time pronouncing so rob do you the 
the guy who opens the portal. Do you know how to pronounce his name, his character? Rasputin? Okay, that's Rasputin. Okay, he's got some, like, weird, but yeah, for the sake of it, yes, his name is Rasputin. Um, He's standing out in the rain with, like, his girlfriend or whatever, talking about how no matter what happens, you can bring me back with his book. And she's got the umbrella over him. And it's a small, funny scene, but there's a lot of that that happens in this opening. So she's got the umbrella. He walks away. He's in the rain. Then the next shot, she's holding the umbrella over him, and he, like, smacks it away again. And it's just, like, it's little things like that that were really funny to me. Um, Because then right after that, too, boy, these... I don't know where they got these American soldiers from. Um, Everybody else must have been on leave, because... Why did we just run up on the bad guys to get killed with his knife hands instead of shooting him when you had guns with bullets in them? That was another 2000 things The the guys with guns love to run up on the unarmed assailant to fight them hand to hand and not shoot them. Yeah, that stood out really bad. There's um, there's another scene later um the subway fight is actually really cool, except when you get this exact same thing, when all the security guards or cops or whoever they are, they literally run up to the uh, mechanized uh, character and allow him to just kind of uh, tap them with with (laughs) like Tonfa blades. Like it's basically like a Tonfa, right? Like it's kind of like a police nightstick Tonfa combo, just with swords on it. And he just kind of like, taps them on the knee and they all just sort of fall over. Like it's that part is really poorly executed. Like the movie shows blood. Like you can, you can show it there and it's really bad at that point. But yeah, it's, it's so obvious to me at times when characters who have guns and know how to use guns, don't use them and don't like, they completely forget how to use them. It's, it's kind of weird, but you know, I think for me, the opening scene, I, I actually find to be a lot of fun. Just, I, I think right out of the gate, you know, this movie is going to be a little bit wacky. So you just kind of go, all right, what are you going to do for me? Let's go. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's one thing that I wanted to point out is as I'm saying that I, I do want to preface that it was, it was fun. And compared to a lot of things, you know, that came out in 2000, you know, we had, well, in this time frame, we had things like Ghost Rider and Green Lantern and Catwoman and all of these things. Um, but there's something about Daredevil this. Daredevil was in there too. Yeah, Daredevil. You know, this is one of those movies, though, that despite some of its its goofiness, it, it does work. And I think one of the reasons why it does work, for, for better or worse, and if you watch him in anything else, to me, Ron Perlman... I for, he's got a real charisma in this movie. He's got a real charm as Hellboy that I think it excuses some of the the natural flaws that this movie has that, that makes me go, yeah, this is just fun. I, I feel like he actually, again, because this is kind of like a, a first viewing for me because I don't remember a ton of it. He's much better than I thought in this movie. I, I was really impressed with him, actually. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, yeah, I'd echo a lot of that. And I know that he's been in a bunch of other stuff. Like He's a very right. prolific actor. He's worked a lot. 
But in my mind, at least, when I think of Ron Perlman and his career, the first thing I think of is Hellboy. Like, I, I just think right. of him as that character. Um, you know, and he's had so much else that he's done. There's so many other things that a person could, you know, kind of associate him with. But to me, that's that's the first place I go. Yeah, that's. I think most people would say that Hellboy would be what they remember him for. But again, I just I didn't remember actually liking him like as much. I, I remember thinking like, oh yeah, Hellboy. It'll be cool to rewatch it. I remember I liked the movie when I saw it. Um, but yeah, I was just I was surprised at how impressed I was with him. Um, you know, not only does he look great, but just his chemistry with his co-stars was really good. Um, yeah, it's you're you're 100% right about that. He there's something that captivates about him. I mean, they 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 kind of go to some of your your tried and true anti-hero tropes a little bit. He but he's got the voice, he's got the presence and there's you know his delivery is fantastic there's um there's a bit at the end that i really like that i'd reference um where you know he he's getting the grenade tossed to him uh that that belt of grenade by uh agent myers and he just looks back and says i didn't get you anything and it's just it's really really funny in a moment that is um intended to be pretty serious yeah, no, or, you know, Rob, I think that's that's a really good point. There's, you know, there's some some funny dialogue in here to me, but he for whatever reason he just he elevates it where it could come off as really corny like you said that line of I didn't get you anything. I feel like in a a weaker movie or maybe uh, I I hate to say a weaker actor but that could fall pretty flat. But for whatever reason, it works really, really well in this movie. And again, I just I, I keep coming back to this, but I found myself pleasantly surprised at this movie throughout for the most part. Again, is this a, a perfect movie? No, I don't think, you know, uh, nothing really is ever. You can always probably nitpick. But the name of the game is is fun, whether it be, you know, dialogue, whether it be the fights. Um, it, the only thing that really I felt was a little bit, um, I don't know, not not too much. But the only thing that didn't really interest me, and I remember it not being a particularly strong suit for me when I first watched this movie, um, is his relationship. Um, and and forgive me what um what is her name again i i don't know why i'm forgetting people's names liz. with this yes liz um i don't know i didn't feel crazy attached to that relationship um how did how did you feel about that i really just was not into the love triangle plot i think it slows things down in this movie and it doesn't add anything interesting there's you know there can be um, there can be a, a love interest between Hellboy and Liz that works like a, a kind of, you know, 
and they sort of frame it up that there was maybe something there. There were colleagues. There was maybe something growing there. Maybe something not, mm-hmm. you know, not responded. You know, like there was it was kind of maybe one sided, uh, but it became something else. Like it's hinted at, I think. Um, but the the whole bit where he's like running around the rooftops, you know, having uh, pancakes, I think it is with the, the mm-hmm. nine year old watching, um, you know, Myers and Liz have coffee together and he throws the rock and hits him in the head. Um, I, it just really slows the movie down. And one of the things that I think is most effective about this movie is the pace. They yes. Don't waste any time at the beginning of this movie. There are so many other movies that might choose to do a little bit of world building, some exposition, just tell you stuff. This movie doesn't, I mean, it, there's, there's some of that exposition in that opening scene, but for the most part, they just kind of show you stuff. And, and they don't really like, we meet adult Hellboy on a mission very right. quickly. And I think that's one of the strong parts of this movie. And then you throw this love triangle thing that just, you know, it it just throws the e-brake on this thing and spins it around a bunch. Yeah, that is, that's such a good point because the pacing, yes, the pacing works in this movie and they don't spend, you know, you, you get the opening where he came through the portal, everything like that. But yeah, it doesn't take this time to show like, oh, here's where he was and this is him growing up and everything. Like, you go into a mission and it... get a training montage. Right, which, again, for surprisingly enough, for the time that this movie came out, there was always at least something like that in these movies. There was always some sort of training montage. Uh, this movie avoids that, but then, yeah, that... It, it does feel like it slams on the brakes to say, oh, wait a minute you know, we want to give you another reason, another reason to like root for this guy, uh, which I didn't need. So I, I did think that that was one of the, you know, parts of the movie that definitely did not work for me was his relationship. Although I will say as much as I just got done praising it, could I interest you in maybe not a a side plot of this movie, maybe a, a movie on its own, um, Hellboy and Abe and, and the crew hunting Hitler down in Argentina in 1958 when they say Hitler. Yeah. Could I hear yeah. you in that? Because I want that. I would watch Ab- that. Absolutely. And I, you know, what's funny is I don't know if you're, uh, you know, your ear is ringing or my ear, you know, it should be my ear, but I was literally just going to bring up Abe because, man, again, like feeling like this was a first time viewing for me. This cast is strong, man. Like I these yeah. characters for the most part, I'm I'm such a fan. Like and I don't know and again though, the the effects like Abe looks cool. Like that could be another character that is just I never I never felt like he was out of place. I never found myself saying oh my god, he looks terrible to bring me away from what was happening on screen. And, you know, the effects and everything, for the most part, I, I just really good in this movie. And that's that's a character that I felt, you know, w- was part of that, obviously. Yeah, he's he's super cool. And that's, you know, it kind of makes me wish we had a little bit more because the two well, there's a couple, I guess, supernatural characters. But the production design of this film is fantastic. The character designs look amazing. Um, the kind of 
the rules that this universe operates under and the technology that they have is really cool and really fun, really compelling, draws you in. Um, there's so much of this that really works. You know, I'm thinking even when, when they, they're doing the autopsy of, um, you know, the, the resurrected guy that, you know, had like the, I think maybe having his eyes wide open all the time, that's maybe a bit much, but, yeah. um, like when they're, when they're pulling him apart and they're pulling all these pieces out, like you don't know what any of that stuff does, but it looks super cool. It looks like that did something and it, and it draws you in and it just really builds this complete alternate world uh, from the one that we live in currently. That is a lot of fun and uh, makes you want to see more of it. Yeah, no, that's, you know, that's such a, a great point. And, you know, not only does, does Abe work and everything like that, but, I did actually really like the the father son relationship. I thought that was another strong point about this movie. Um, there's actually some some stuff to latch onto here for the viewer, where you know this isn't just and and again, it's fun. There's action. You know, there's things where you can just turn your your brain off to and, and enjoy this movie. Um, but there's also some heart and some soul to this movie that you sometimes don't always get or doesn't always work. And again, like I'll just stress it works in this movie. It's weird because there's, there's a lot of factors that could go against this movie that based on the strength of the cast. um, And I think too, by the direction, you know, I think this is an example of when you have a director um, in del Toro that, can really, I think, work with actors. I, I, and I mean, he did, you know, screenplays by him and everything like that. But I think this is a case for what happens when you have a strong director. Cause there's a lot of things that could work against this movie. You know, you mentioned that family dynamic, that father son relationship, um, that is strong here in, in kind of a, this is kind of a silly movie, right? Like, right. It's, it really is. It, and that that really even you see it in brief ways where Hellboy's got his cigar out and he hides it when his father figure walks in, you know, just little things like that because he knows he'll he'll probably get lit up for it. Yeah, and a gr- a grown man by the way who hunts demons, like, <laughs> but it works. Yeah, and, he, yeah, <laughs> and he's gonna get yelled at for smoking, you know, like, and something about that, just little um little throwaways like that. Mm-hmm really build um for the viewer what that relationship is like yeah yeah absolutely it's it's funny to see him be like oh geez i gotta i gotta put this away and you're like (laughs) wait a minute why like tough guy yeah yeah exactly so no that's that's another thing and you know it execution wise too with the pacing and everything like that this movie, one thing that I, I, I do want to just touch on, and you mentioned it towards the beginning here, is the cinematography in this movie, which is is no surprise when I go back and think about some of the other things Del Toro has done. Boy, this this is a really good-looking movie, too. Like, that helps. And I'm not just talking about the character look. The sets of this movie are another thing that just adds to the enjoyment here. Like this, I felt was a, a really good looking movie. I I love the camera work. 
I, I love the sets. It, it's again, I, I, I found myself can just constantly surprised by this movie and, and, and in the best way possible. Yeah, there's there's some really unique moments where they they travel to some some different places. They have some some battle scenes, some fight scenes in some some weird places. The parts of this movie that should feel grimy feel grimy. Mm-hmm. The parts that should make your skin crawl kind of make your skin crawl. Like from a technical standpoint, there's so many things, you know, the lighting, the camera placement, the costuming, the weapon design, um the character design, the character models, um, even the CG, like all of these things are incredibly well executed in almost every example you can think of. Right, exactly. And, and you know, this movie, um, really the, the, the first one, I, you know, we'll get into the second one when we obviously review that, but this movie really did um, resonate with audiences uh, as you know, I watched this and then was getting ready for this review. You know, I, I did go back and actually read some of the things that people thought about this. And again, I was pleasantly surprised to see, and I never heard anything like bad about the movie, but if you go and look at like fans and even some critics, like this was a very well-received movie back in the day. Like, it's not like it had some time to be like, oh yeah, you know, Hellboy's actually not that bad. You should go check it out. Um, when this film released, it was actually well-received. We're, we are all a sucker for a good anti-hero. Yep. And when you have one that's well-executed with a good story, with a great lead, um, you know, the, some of the most popular characters in fiction are anti-heroes. Uh, we'll just start in the comic book genre. You don't have to go any further than Deadpool, Wolverine, the Punisher, although some of his film adaptions have not been, you know, necessarily as well received. Um, Boba Fett, the Mandalorian himself. I mean, these are all anti-heroes. Mm-hmm. They, they have moments where they show their heart, but they're not necessarily good dudes either. Um, we just can't get enough of these characters. We love them. We absolutely love them. Uh, the Hound from uh, Game of Thrones, you know, a, a phenomenal antihero, um, <laughs> complex, bizarre, just making the right decision at the last moment and dying for it. You know, the, we, that's what we love about a good antihero. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a, a great point. It's a, it's an antihero who's very charismatic in the movie. Um, but also too, you know, when this was first being shopped, it's, it's just funny because you you sit there and you see some things that are made and you go, why, how? And then like things like Hellboy, this was like rejected for years to come to the big screen. Um, and, and I, I kind of sit there and go, but this has everything. Like if somebody saw the script, it's like, this has everything that back then like studios would want. So again, like doing research for this and everything, it was just kind of weird to see that this movie, like, you know, wasn't just like, yeah, let's, let's bring that to the screen at a time when everything like this was being brought to the big screen. They were just like, is that a comic book property? Let, okay. Yeah. Let's, let's eat it up. Um, you know, it, it did take some, some time for this to actually come out, which is funny. 
I mean, to be fair to that, Dark Horse is at this time a distant third. That's in terms true. Of comic book publishers. Um, Marvel and DC were were one and two in some order. Uh, Image wasn't really on the scene, I don't think, at that time in, in the way that we think of them now. Uh, so you you know. With Dark Horse, they and they have properties that people know. Right. You know, uh, I, I'm 90 percent sure Spawn is Dark Horse. Am I right up on that? Yes. Am I, or did I screw that up? Okay. Um, so there's there is a path there. There's there's a track record there, um, and and the fans of Dark Horse comics are 100 percent devoted. Like they're diehard. Like they are they are diehard. But I don't know necessarily that your average studio executive that had never heard of this sort of thing before, had no familiarity familiarity with it, would necessarily have heard the pitch about the character and went, yeah, sure. Here's millions of dollars of my money. Go shoot it. Yeah, you know, that's that's a really good point, actually. Um, you know, I I'm glad that it finally happened. Um but you know that that is a good point. It it definitely was not uh, you know it's not like the th- that particular company. No, exactly. So that, no, he's not Spider Man. I mean, <laughs> that's that's a very good point with that. But even even for somebody like if you walked into, um, I don't know, uh, a place that has a lot of you know comics and tabletop gaming. If you walk into your local GameStop and asked the customers there to name you 25 comic book characters. You got to go a long way before somebody would name Hellboy, even today, even today. I mean, you're going to get the whole Avengers roster. You're going to get the whole justice league roster long before anyone gets to this. And it's kind of sad because this is, this was a fun character. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, So I want to get your, your thought on, it's a line at the end, you know, it's just, it's one more thing. And, you know, for everything good that, I, that we point out about the movie, I wasn't quite sure how I felt. I didn't hate it, but I guess I was just kind of like, eh, whatever is when he talks to Liz at the end about how he, you know, revived her soul again, that that's just part of the movie that didn't work for me. I thought that was really kind of corny talking about like how he'd cross over for her and things like that. I, I don't know that that still didn't work for me. Um, what did you think about that? Were you, were you kind of like turned around by the time that came there or for me again, I don't hate it, but it was like, yeah, whatever. All right. Like I'll just, I'll take it and leave it. It's kind of MacGuffin-y. Um, it, it's, it's kind of, it kind of wraps things up neatly a little bit too much. The ending of this. So I opened it by saying that the parts of this movie that work are the goofy, the weird, the alternate history kind of parts, the parts that are stereotypical Hollywood are the ones where this does kind of stop working for me. And I want to highlight one of those. And it's, it's kind of right before we get to that point, there's, there's the trope of the impossible choice. And with the impossible choice, it goes something like this. There's, there's a couple variations, but most of them are the same thing. You must do this thing. I'm the bad guy. You're the good guy. You must do this thing. Good guy. 
or I will either kill millions of people, end the world, enslave everybody, you know, some variation of that. Um, if you don't, you know, if you do the thing, I'm going to be able to do this. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do the thing, I'm going to kill this one single person that you love dearly. Um, I won't kill them, but I will kill millions of people. If you do the thing I'm trying to get you to do. Right. And we're presented that with that in this. And I mean, first of all, how many times have we seen that? Like a gajillion. Yeah. So what, what never makes sense to me is, okay, so let's say the hero does, you know, follow through and, and do the thing that was going to lead to, in this movie, for example, lead to this apocalyptic wasteland of the world that turns it into kind of like a supernatural Mad Max. Okay, so he doesn't kill Liz, but now she lives in this apocalyptic wasteland. And it's like, why did you not just have him kill me? Why is this better? Right. And now she lives with that guilt of why, you know, all of these millions of people died and the people who survive are living in utter, you know, utter shit yeah yeah so i could be alive and i don't want it that like it, it just never makes sense to me and and we see that here so by the time we get his line i'm just like all right whatever i guess it's time to end the movie yeah no that's that's a really good point you you did you did sum that up in the beginning where it was you know when this leans into some of those typical hollywood tropes you know that's where the movie does you know, stutter, um, and, and falter, um, a, a little bit is, is those cliche things where, yeah, for the most part, it, it doesn't rely on those, but yeah, that's, that's what kind of makes those scenes stand, stand out even more is because it's like, all right, you, it's almost like the studio, at the t- you know, it's almost like they they filmed the movie in the studio, came back in and was like, "Well, you you gotta could have you have to put these things in here," um, yeah. you know. So that, focus group said that this would be better, right? Yeah, they they had a test screening and like, well, he's he's got to have a love interest, right? Like, it, it, <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I I think that's a really good point. Um, so Rob, what? Anything else that you want to that you want to point out about this? You know, just want to point. There's there's really kind of two other things that are a little too tropey for me. For as much as we've spent a lot of the time praising this, um, the whole bit where he's running back and forth with the FBI director, who's like, "I'm in charge." Like that whole bit is so weak and uninspired, um, and like. You can kind of, you know where it's going. Like, right. There's going to be a point where he gets in trouble. Hellboy has to save him. The moment I think where they do kind of have a reconciliation of the relationship when he explains to him, oh no, don't use a lighter, use the wooden matches. It enhances the flavor. Like that was, I don't know. I haven't seen that version of that relationship before, but it was still tropey and I didn't mm. like it. Yeah. Um, and stop me if you've heard this before. You have a character who has abilities or something, ha- has skills. They don't believe in himself. They don't believe in herself. They don't fully have control over these powers until the script calls for them to have full control of their powers. And just like, boom, here we go. Deus Ex Machina here to save the day. Yep. Um, have we seen that before? Has that happened in movies before? Is that is that a thing that, that we've seen a gajillion times? Because I feel like we have. And we have it here again. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. It's the equivalent of those Snickers commercials where they just out of nowhere, like, <laughs> you know, 
can't control your fire powers here have a snicker. right exactly and yeah no that's that's <laughs> definitely you know at the forefront in this movie when it needs to be um but yeah, no, we, I mean, geez, that's, that's almost every movie for God's sakes, like out of nowhere, you know, there's the, again, it's the equivalent of, you know, what you needed was inside you all along. Like, you, oh God, you know, yeah. Get out of here with that <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I, I won't, I won't call it lazy screenwriting. I'll just call it uninspired right. screenwriting. Yeah. And, and that's, you know several examples i think in this movie i i would just call uninspired right exactly and again i think that's where it's where it leans into that typical hollywood uh framework is where that you know that particular thing falls into and where this movie does falter but uh, again like against all of that for everything that should work against this movie again at the end of the day i had fun you had fun and that's what i was surprised at was wow this you know this came out at a time when a lot of these movies were doing exactly what this movie did but you know whether it be cast or the fact that the cgi was so bad you can't ignore all of those things and have a good movie. Now, granted, some of those things that came out are, are so bad that they're good, but you know, the fact that this movie does have for the most part, some pretty good dialogue. It's got a very strong cast. Those, you know, those things that usually tear down a movie do not take you out of it, which is nice. Yeah, you get a little bit of over-reliance on wire work at times in some of the fight scenes where a character gets punched and then instead of having like an arc where gravity actually affects them, they just kind of slide sideways into a, into whatever they're going to crash into. Like, thank you, Matrix, for completely changing the 2000s action scenes where everybody now right. has to do wire this way. Um, it, you do have those kinds of things, but overall, like the character is fun. The actor portraying the character kills it. Um, there's enough interesting, unique things that mostly distract me from the things that I've already seen a million times. And ultimately I walk away from this movie having a good time. Yeah. And one last thing that I want to point out, um, is one thing that I do appreciate about this movie is it, you know, I mentioned in the beginning how it feels like, they should have kind of a different reaction to the portal opening. I did feel like when they're in the real world, like when we get into the the present day stuff, I feel like when things happen, like especially the subway fight and things like that, it, the general population acts accordingly. And I did appreciate that because a lot of the times you see in movies where the general public is just like, all right, whatever. Like th there's, there's, there's no reaction. Like, even if you have seen this or like you understand that, you know, these kinds of things exist in the world, you still wouldn't get the everyday person. That's just standing there going, well, there's, there's two demons fighting, like whatever. Like you would have people that are still terrified and like running for their lives or like cowering off to the corner. Um, 
so I did appreciate that. I, I felt like the movie actually did a good job in those scenes, like representing what I feel like the general population, how, how they would react to these things. And you just got a woman who's worried about her box of kittens. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I actually thought was really fun. I mean, it just so. it's a box of kittens in it, and Hellboy is determined to save the box yep. of kittens. And I, I just, I think that was kind of a fun character moment for him <laughs> in the middle of all of the other things happening. Right. Ex- well, you know, I mean, they don't call them crazy cat ladies for nothing. They they wanna <laughs> they got they gotta make sure so. <laughs> so rob any last thoughts before we wrap up and uh and and give our actual closing uh closing arguments on this movie and our in our review scores now let's reach for some buckets of- all right so we are going to go to popcorn time and give our review out of five buckets and i'll start again this movie it really was like watching this for the first time when when i sat down so I was able to just sit, relax, and, you know, take take this movie in, so to speak, and was very, very happy with being able to rewatch this movie, and it made me excited for Hellboy 2, because as I was watching this one, I was like, boy, I really don't remember anything about the second one, um... So it feels like that's going to be a first time, you know, watch again, unless I start watching it and I'm just like, oh, yeah, I totally remember this. Um, but for me, this is a fun movie with a strong cast, strong visuals, great effects. Um, I'm going to give this three and a half buckets. Um, again, there's there's some things that don't work with the movie, but I I thoroughly enjoyed this. And I, I feel like three and a half buckets is is right in the sweet spot for me. So I wanted to give this four, but I just couldn't. There's, um, it had four bucket potential, four and a half bucket yeah, potential. Yeah. Really. Um, there's, there's just those couple of things that, you know, when I say my ranking is three and a half, because my ranking is three and a half, um, it, you know, it makes it kind of feel like there's, you know, like I disliked a lot lar- larger part of this movie than I did, but it, it's just got too many things that hold it back from being a four. So, Three and a half buckets. Of yeah, that. Yeah, I was struggling with that too. I was like, "Boy, do can I give this? Like, can I give this a four? Um, and, and ultimately, I just couldn't. But that was. I, I feel like I had the same thought of, "Boy, this. You see the potential for a four or a four and a half for me. It, it's it's definitely yeah. there. Um, hindered by a few things, but at the end of the day, three and a half buckets. I'm I'm full." Like I'm, you know, I, I, I enjoyed what I saw. So I will be very interested to actually go back through and see, uh, the second movie and, you know, how that one appeals or potentially doesn't appeal. Um, do you remember anything about that movie at all? Very, very little. And it's funny because as I'm watching this and I, you know, I highlighted some of the things that, you know, we both said we liked about the production design and just the world building of this. And just, there's so much about this. I've done no research to look into why there never was a third one of these. And I don't remember enough about the second one to really feel like I I can say, Oh, that's, that was a, you know, a franchise Mm -hmm. killer right there. Um, but how did this movie not have more films made in this series? 
like how how was this only two films good like people only wanted this two i think if i if i remember correctly and i i could be wrong i do believe it was based on the reason the third movie never really kicked off was I believe the second movie was not, it wasn't as well received as the first one. It still did numbers and things like that. Um, but they wanted to cut back the budget for the third one. Um, and I, if I remember correctly, they just didn't feel um, del Toro did not feel like he could make the movie that he wanted to make with the budget that the studios were offering him to do the third one. Um, so I, I think that's why the third one, I, part of the reason why a third one never was, you know, made. It just feels weird just watching, you know, the, <clears throat> this has definitely got its cult yep. following. Um, there's, there's so many things you could have done with this. that would have been cool. So yeah, I've, I'm pumped and excited to check out the second one later this week. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, that will do it. But Rob, why don't you close us out? Tell listeners how to, check out the show. I know you just uh, did a Rob's reviews, which is up, which was a very, very cool episode. So let listeners know how they can get a hold of this show. Yeah. So uh, if you're, if you're so inclined to check out uh, the most recent episode of Rob's reviews, that's a part of the extended podcast universe of Matt goes to the movies. Uh, my brother, Eric and I had a chance to sit down and uh, we got to talk about, a movie from 1994 called from du- no, 96. I'm sorry. Uh, from dust till dawn. That was, uh, it's, it's uh, just a blast. I, I had such a good time um, watching that movie again, writing the, the layout for it, recording and just uh, talking about that movie uh, was, was really a blast. So I encourage listeners to go back, check out all of the October spooky themed episodes at Matt goes to the movies. Uh, great rundowns on the Halloween series. Uh, as well as our contribution over at the EPU for From Dust Till Dawn. Uh, while you're on the interwebs, uh, you should email the show. You can do so at mgttmpodcast at gmail.com. Send over any thoughts, ideas, queries, th- you know, anything that you uh, would like for us to know or, or ask. Uh, we would be happy to hear from you. Uh, you can also check out the show's official facebook group uh on you can like the show on facebook as well as join the facebook group you can find the show over on twitter and uh, also available on instagram and tiktok you'll get short little clips on tiktok uh, of us talking about whatever it was that we were reviewing and then uh, hopefully go download the show um that it corresponds to but definitely uh subscribe that way you don't miss a single update on when new episodes drop because man we have got a lot planned for the month of November. Uh, I can't wait uh, to get through everything that um, that's on the schedule right now. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, no, I'm I'm super excited to to get into the rest of this month and the rest of the movies that we're going to review. So, listeners, everything that you need is going to be in the show notes, um, including the giveaway for Top Gun Maverick. So, be sure to check that out. Thank you for listening to this episode, and we will see you very soon at Matt Goes to the Movies.